This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Tide Chasers Podcast, where we are looking to connect our listeners to local fishing charter captains, guides, uh, whether it be a, a restaurant or anybody in the industry. We're just trying to get highlight some of the, the best people out there. And uh, obviously, I'm Dan and my co-host across the way is Qua. But first off, you can find us at Tide Chasers Podcast on Facebook, Tide underscore Chasers on Instagram. And then the list of all of our entries into the podcast world are in our bio where you can find us we're on waypoint tv we're on apple Podcasts. but without further ado welcome Kwa. how you doing buddy i missed you last week yeah man freaking glad to be back i mean i can't say i didn't miss being on here but i was on vacation in disney world so kind of like that kind of trades off so you were all right for a week without me yeah and, and as as you were in disney world we're sitting here getting into the the doldrums of the fall which I don't consider it the fall doldrums because it's my favorite season to fish. And we're going to get into a little freshwater episode, but I'd like to introduce a good friend of mine. It's Pat Vaccarino, Pat VS Fish on Instagram. Welcome, Pat. How you doing, buddy? Great. I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, man. So there, there's a good reason why you ha we have you on here because you are one of the, uh, the big time Delaware River uh uh, bank angler elitists, I would say you, you really do the game pretty well. And I've, I've never, I don't know too many people that do it much better than you. How you doing, man? Oh, thank you so much. Uh, I'm doing really good. I'm just getting over the tail end of a cold and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm getting excited here. That's the temperatures are starting to dip at night. I've been keeping an eye on the water temperature and, uh, you know, just getting my gear together and getting, getting excited. Yeah, man, it looks like we're going to be settling into a, a nice uh, fall pattern here real soon. And I've I've been getting excited because much like you, this is my time of the year where I start getting excited about walleye and then obviously the the big toothy predators on the river, the muskie. But first off, 
like to get into a little bit uh, of your background, how you got into fishing and what got you started, some of your early influences. Yeah, so, you know, I grew up in uh, Lambertville. It's a small river town, Hunterdon County. We're right on the Delaware River. And, uh, you know, where I grew up, uh, we have a small creek at the bottom of the hill. And, you know, as a kid and with my brothers and my neighbors, and we used to just hit the hit the creek with the ultra ultra light and uh, run it all the way down to the river, you know, catching every fish, hitting every hole, you know, and just getting to know uh, fishing in general. So it's that's how we grew up, you know, just, uh, you know, barefoot in the creek and catching everything that we could. Now, uh, now there, there's a, a term for, for guys like us, you know, we're the bank anglers, they call us uh, river rats because we spend a lot of time, whether it be uh, nighttime, daytime, the worst conditions on, on, on the river, you know, we learn all those conditions and uh, the different little eddies and pockets of water uh, that make, make our, the kind of fishing we do uh, really a, a highlight. So give, give us an idea of how you got into fishing the Delaware River and how long you've been tackling that, that beautiful body of water. Well, you know, uh, fishing on the Delaware, uh, you know, I, I started off, uh, you know, like I said, like just kind of walking there and, and, and bank, uh, bank fishing for the most part. Uh, but I did uh, have, have a good opportunity when I was younger to uh, jump, jump on my grandfather's boat. Uh, he, he was a member of the Lambertville Fishing Club. Uh, he was also um, a member of the New Jersey, he, he worked for the New Jersey Division of uh, Environmental Protection, uh, Department of Envir Environmental Protection, as well as the New Jersey uh, Fishing Game. Um, he worked at PeaQuest. So, you know, my grandfather uh, was one of my big influences. He, he meant a lot to me. And, uh, you know, he, he taught me uh, how to how to fish, and uh, you know the the passion the passion for, behind it came from him and uh, his love for it. You know, he passed it down to his daughter, my mom, and she's actually, believe it or not, the best fisherman in the family, uh, fisherwoman in the family. She she's great. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. My mom can catch anything. She's she just uh, she's just a natural and uh you know so that i was lucky enough to have her pass that to me and uh we all just love fishing as a family so um it's it's in it's in my blood yeah my mom was a big big time influence early on for me as well she loved being around the water and she would do anything we could to if we were willing to join her out there so she would learn how to help us bait all those hooks when we were little and everything else so yeah, my, my dad was not into fishing at all. It was my mom that, that got us got us into it. So I can I can definitely uh, I can definitely uh, get where you're going with that one there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, when it comes down to the the Delaware River, my favorite fish personally to target is is uh, walleye, which is how you and I met, obviously. Um, basically, we're going to talk a little bit about walleye before we dive into the main topic. Uh, for me. I usually start getting that that thought in my head around Halloween is my my go time is is when I start considering that that full moon around Halloween is when I first started. Do you have a uh, a typical start time and what is your preparation like for walleye season? What types of uh, lures are you throwing in your bag and and things are you getting started with? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, this is this is the time of year where I will will start to go through everything, start to go through my uh, you know my jig heads and uh, you know my swim baits and my collections uh you know like different 
different little things I like to use. Um, so I'll start doing my inventory and looking looking things over and trying to figure out, uh, you know, what I'm going to uh, have in my bag with me to start with, at least, uh, you know, you got to got to have a little bit of everything. You don't really want to go into it with, uh, you know, the idea that I'm just going to throw this one thing in this spot and, and that's it and move on. You know, you got to you got to switch it up and try different things and and, uh, you know, have have different things to throw at them, you know, uh, until you figure out what works and or, or what is working that day, um, you know, so. Uh, I, I like to throw in, you know, like swim baits and, and things like that, as well as, you know, countdowns, um, slow, you know, slow sinkers. Uh, I do like uh, suspending lures, like slash, you know, slash baits, things like that, jerk baits and stuff. So um, it's really about the, you know, the, the walleye like to use that lateral line, you know, they like to sense the, the bait in the, in, in the water. So it, that, that slow twitch, you know, where you can just kind of barely move it along and that little twitch, twitch pause that they, they, sometimes they hit it on the pause. Sometimes they hit it right after that first twitch, you know, but it's, it's about stimulating that lateral line, you know, getting them to feel that bait and go, Oh, well, there's, there's a meal, you know, and they, and it works, you know, you gotta, you just have to figure out, you know, like I said, that what's working that day. So. That's totally true. I know that I, I got this past spring, I got it in my head, like, Hey, you know, I fish for a lot of different kinds of fish like that, whether it be speckled trout or weak fish that's feed very similar in the middle of the night. Um, and, and, um, you know, that, that pause and that fast twitch, um, out of nowhere. Now I decided I was going to throw a mirror lure for a while on the river just to see if I could make it work. And that, that bait, actually the, the profile and the action, that bait is really perfect for that kind of fishing with that that slashing suspending twitch bait i i I caught my biggest male walleye on the river um this year using that bait it was kind of it was kind of like a little challenge to myself but i had a little fun doing it but it works a lot like how the countdowns do now as far as the the delaware river i've targeted walleye on a couple different local rivers whether it be the schuylkill river or the susquehanna river and then of course the delaware river now the delaware river is the only river i've been able to successfully target them in on bluebird sky days. Now I know that's a, an atypical situation when it comes to walleye because of their their uh, light refraction from their eyes. What types of conditions are you looking for as prime when you're going out to plan for a walleye trip? Well, you know the the walleye they like that uh, you know either early morning or or uh, right at sunset. It's it's that uh, low light situation where you know it's. Uh, they, they like feeding in, in that window. Um, they, they also just feed at night using, like I said, that lateral line, they sense it and, uh, you know, they, in the darkness like that. But, um, you know, I, I like to, uh, on the weekends, I like to wake up early and just get there where, you know, wherever I'm going that particular day, get there as early as possible and try to work, you know, starting before the sun even comes up. And, uh, and then, you know, work through sunrise and then move on, you know, to other spots and move around. But, uh, during the week, you know, I work a day job, so, uh, I like to try to get out maybe an hour early if the boss lets me and shoot down to the river and get in uh, a few throws before the sun sets. It's, it happens pretty quick in the wintertime, you know, before you know it, uh, you know, the sun's going down. So time's going to change here probably pretty quickly. Uh, we got our, uh, daylight savings going to happen. So, um, you know, you got to get out there and fish while you can and, and uh, any window that you can. 
Yeah, I usually find, like I said, around Halloween when that daylight savings time first comes in is usually prime time to start looking for the uh, the marble eyes. Personally, that's that's when that's my trigger to start start the journey. Um, so, getting a little bit more into the specifics of the gear that you're using, obviously um, you're tossing mainly walleye stuff in there, but you you've caught a lot of muskies bycatch, you know, fishing for walleye. What types of lures are you using that, that are, are, have been more successful for the bycatch for the walleye? Because, I mean, for the, the muskie while fishing for walleye. Well, you know, a lot of times it, they are the swim baits. Um, you know, I've, I've noticed they go after the, uh, you know, the anything with a little flutter to it. You know, it's got to have that slow flutter. Um, there's something about the, the natural presentation, you know, of it um, slowly sinking to the bottom. You know, if you don't, if you use too heavy a jig head and you're going just vertically up and down through the water column jigging too quickly, the, it's just not natural for that time of year. You need to have a lighter jig head, thinner line, you know, you need to have it flutter down to the bottom and maybe have a, you know, like a, a jig head with a larger, you know, eye on it, that, that larger eye on there. Sometimes they see that and it's just a trigger for them also, but um, just, just that natural presentation having if you know falling through the water or the water column a little a little more naturally it just i'd feel like that no you know it'll, it'll trigger a walleye or uh, sometimes you get those uh musky in between you, and you hold on and hope that your walleye gear holds up <laughs> that's a crazy part like how many fish you've caught bycatch that you've it just on walleye gear is just insane now obviously in that scenario the bigger bait isn't always the better situation, right? You, you've, you've gotten more into more fish just using like walleye sized baits on the river. Yeah. You know, it, 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 it doesn't always have to be that, you know, that giant Medusa or, or, you know, it doesn't, doesn't have to be these giant baits at all the time. It, I mean, do they work? Yes, they do. And, and uh, you know, it, it, it can be fun to have those larger, uh, rods and reels and throwing those big baits around it, it is a lot of fun I do I do it myself um, but you know the there's something about throwing that lighter lighter tackle lighter lighter gear and just and just the feeling of when you're hooking when you're hooked up to something that's that big and you're you're just it's it's testing you you know as much as you know did did you tie your knots uh correctly did you set your drag correctly you know are you are you playing the fish correctly are you you know it's gonna check you at every at every you know spot along the way so you you got to be ready you have to you know if you're going for walla you have to have it in the back of your head that you might hook up to a muskie and in that situation are you going to land it? What are you going to do? You have to have that plan ahead of time. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You never know. Cause in reality, right. They're, they're not, they're not feeding on these nine, 10 inch baits more typically than they are feeding on the four and five inch baits. That's more or less what's going to be the, the, the bait that's in the water, you know, this four or five inch size bait. So, you know, that XR 10 and that silver is such a money, uh, such a money lure on the river for so many different fish, whether it be, smallmouth bass walleye whether it be the the muskies that that's taken a lot of quality fish from the river over the years yeah uh, the you know those suspending lures the uh, the x wraps and and uh anything that has that ability to kind of pause for a second and uh like we were talking about that twitch twitch pause it just 
to you can kind of do that with an X wrap or I've seen guys, you know, you know, I've talked to a couple of guys that were catching muscular on SP minnows. It's a, I mean, it's a similar, similar style. They use those, not the full, you know, large, larger size ones, but those smaller size SPs, you know, they catch musky on them. It's the same sort of, you know, a couple of cranks, a couple of twitches and, and you're on, you know, it's, they work just as well, but uh, you know, it's, it's about the presentation. It's about how, what you put out there, you know, and the time and effort that you put into it and, and everything combined, you know, you have to, you have to have all your, all your ducks in a row in order to be able to hook into something like that and then to actually land it and be able to deal with it and get good photos. You know, it's, it's a whole, there's the whole, it's a whole thing, you know, it, um, you really got to, to be able to just get one, to be lucky to get one, you know, and uh, I've, I feel lucky I've had a run over the last couple of years. I just, uh, I've been very fortunate, um, just a lot of, uh, you know, right time, right place, but uh, yeah. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to talk about that run now. Now this is the main attraction. Obviously we're, we're going to transition into the musky talk here. You've had a pretty incredible run over the past few years. I've gotten to get plenty of uh, FOMO watching along as you're sending me pictures over and over and over, you know, give us a little idea of the kind of run you had. How many muskies would you say you've caught over the last few years? Oh, geez. Uh, last, last couple of years. I mean, if I would say over the last three, four years, I, I would, I would tally it up around 30 um, from shore. Uh, that's, you know, on foot, um, making my way around the river, moving from spot to spot running and gunning you know you don't you don't ever want to stick to one thing or the other you got to keep moving around keep trying things put your time and effort in if if you don't get out there and actually throw you're never going to catch anything i mean it's nice to listen to a podcast and about guys talking about fishing but if you're not actually going out and doing it you're never going to catch anything so you got to go out there and and do it and, and put your time in i mean that's like the main tip i can give anybody is that and until you're putting your lure into the water, it's, it, it's, you know, so, but, uh, it's, it's been a really, it's been a lot of fun. You know, I, I, I've been really enjoying it. it. I've been very fortunate. I've met a lot of very nice people along the way. I've, um, you know, I have a lot of, uh, a lot of good, uh, connections and met a really, a, a lot of nice people and, uh, feel very fortunate in the, to be involved in the fishing community that I'm in right now. So, yeah, man. I mean, like to, to be able to say you have, you know, 30 plus bank caught muskies under your belt over the last few years, that's a pretty incredible feat. I mean, do you ever look at that and you're like, man, wow, that's not in my wildest dreams. Could I have imagined something like this? I mean, yeah. I and mean, that's kind of how I feel about it. I, I never thought I would have a run like that. It's just, uh, it was just very fortunate. You know, there's, uh, a lot of a lot of time and effort and everything put into it but you know there was there's it's just a, about uh being out there you know i i never was really uh never really straight up targeted them until you know i i had i caught one on a bycatch uh one day i was was going for walleye and i hooked into this i was like man this is if this is a walleye like i'm i need i'm ready to set the state record like holy <laughs> cow like it was giving me head shakes and, and like i happened to be wearing my gopro and uh you know i'm filming it and and like this this fish is just giving me head finally getting in and i realized it was a muskie um 
And I, I was like, holy cow. And we got it. We got some great pictures and everything. And then from that day forward, I was like, I, I just was like, man, if, if, if I can like figure out how to catch another one of these, like I, I really need to do this. Like I need that. And it just lit this, uh, you know, this, this fire. And then, you know, before I knew it, I was like, just hitting every spot and moving around looking, you know, it's, it's tough these days, the river, it gets, um, you know, a lot of pressure. There's a lot of other fishermen around that are, are doing the same sort of thing that are, you know, trying to find fish and, and that's, that's all good and well. And everybody, as long as everybody respects one another and, and, uh, you know, is, is mindful of, of, uh, one another's space. And that's, that's all, that's all good. But, um, you know, the river can be, uh, the access to it in general is just tough. It's getting less and less and fewer and fewer spots where you can just get in and, and get a parking spot. And, you know, it's so, um, it's, it's, it's a matter of uh, just trying to figure out the the spot for that day. You know, a lot of um, research goes into where I'm going to go for that, for the trip for the next day. You know, I, I check the water levels um, on online to see where the river is at that day. And uh, you know, I need to think about like, okay, when was the last time it rained the, you know, where's the water level at? Because that'll also influence the clarity of the water, how much debris is in it you know, and all these things, uh, make it, you know, either easier or more difficult. Some spots are better when the water is up. Some spots are better when the water's down. So you, you get to know your little pockets along the way and what spot's going to be good and what's not. So it's, uh, you just got to get out there and do it. Yeah. I've, I found like fishing the river, there's a lot more to it than just tying on your lure and running and gunning. You know, there's a lot of planning, Obviously, access is, is huge, which we'll talk about a little bit later, like access, you, planning around access is a, a day in itself alone, because you, you can identify beautiful water on the river uh, by maps, and that's just, you have no way to access it on foot. You know, it's one of those things that, that is the curse of the bank angler. So, you know, you had the, uh, you, we, we talked about that, that incredible run that you've been on, and and you had a, a pretty incredible day within that run that you've been on. And I remember you sending me picture after picture this specific day, but over the course of day, you and another friend of ours caught uh, what six muskies and dropped two others. Is that right? You caught, caught four that day. Yeah. Yeah. That day was incredible. I, I, I don't, I've never had a day like that. I haven't even come close since. I mean, it was just, uh, just amazing. Um, you know, I had, I landed four muskie that day. Uh, I dropped two others um, that were for sure muskies. Uh, my, my friend who was there with, uh, with me, uh, he got caught two. I'm pretty sure he had other ones on too that he lost. Uh, his largest one that day was 47 inches. Um, my largest, I think was 42 or 43. Uh, it was just incredible. I mean, it was it was on. I mean, that was, that was one of those days where, I mean, it was, it was on like we, those, that, that was in, and it was not, that was not like a full, you know, 10 hour days, a 10 hour day of fishing. That was in like a, you know, like maybe five, six hour span. Um, <laughs> and it was, it was, it was a lot of fun. You know, we, we, we were just, by the end of it we were like hooting and hollering you know just like oh my gosh another like another one like yeah. I, can, I cannot believe that like 
it was it was unbelievable and uh you know there 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 are very few days like that and you just have to enjoy them when you're in that moment you're like this is this is not going to happen again so i need to just like enjoy it as much as i can and uh you know document it and and we had great time you know i took pictures and uh you know it's uh it it's just uh it's days like that where you're like this is the reason why i i fish and do all the all the research and the take the time and and the you know put in the effort and everything this is why i do it and uh you just have to appreciate it when you're in the moment yeah i i remember that day because you were sending me a picture of another one i'm like there's no way this is a new fish and he kept sending me pictures and then i'm in a group chat with qua and a couple other guys and i'm sending them like <laughs> There's absolutely no way this dude is catching like four, having a four fish day on the river with musket. It was just, it was one of those days where like, even if you're not, you're not the one that's actively fishing it, you feel excited for the people that are involved because that doesn't happen. Like he, we've all fished the river a lot of time and that, that kind of, that kind of stuff doesn't happen. I only have one musket to my name. I've had, I've dropped probably five or six of them myself, but you know, it's just to, to have a, a, day, a day like that. I, I just can't even imagine like at some point you've got to be like, I, I, you throw your hands up you don't even know like you just you don't yeah. even know how you just end up into fish you don't even know how you got there at that point yeah yeah it's it's uh it is a great feeling you know it's it, we've all had those days where we've gotten into you know like many fish and are you catching a lot of fish you're there you're catching the target species that you're actually there going after and you're excited to you know it's like i'm doing it i'm fine i'm finally doing it yeah. you know um, and then to have that, that sort of a day with, uh, with musky, um, was like, like just to catch one is, is like, I finally did it. I finally, I mean, it's the fish of 10,000 casts. So to catch four in one day, I definitely didn't cast 40,000 times, you know, <laughs> it's, it was, uh, it, it was just the right, the right place, the right time, you know, we were using the right lures. We were, ju we just, uh, every, the timing was there, you know, the, they're they're incredibly they're fickle like they're very smart they have really good vision they follow like they follow 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 and then they turn away that's why the the figure eight off of the boat is a big thing you, you gotta you know every cast you gotta dip your the tip of your rod back down figure eight that bait around do it a couple of times three four times if you don't do that you're missing out on the opportunity to hook up with a, a fish boat side that, you know, bam, right there, you're on. I mean, it's, there's a few things that are a rush like that, you know, to have like a giant fish on right there at the boat right next to you. So, you know, if you got to take the time to figure eight, you got to take the time to figure eight. Um, but, you know, you can't really do that from shore. So you, you kind of slow that reel down, bring it, bring that, that uh, speed of the lure down as much as possible to give that fish every opportunity to, to, you know, to decide to take it. Um, you know, there's, so there's, you know, uh, basically like a lot of, a lot of different lures you can use from shore, but um, you know, these, those bigger musky lures that people chuck, that's mainly from a boat, you know, you're, you have deeper water. You're, you're able to, if you get snagged, you can work your way over there and try to unsnag it. Um, if you're from shore and you're throwing those big baits, it's, it can be pretty tough sometimes. So, you know, you got to find that, that, uh, nice balance between, you know, a nice heavy enough lure to cast it long, long and far, but not so big that you're, you're getting hung up on the bottom real quick. There's, 
it can be very rocky. The Delaware is, is has a lot of different snags and, and uh, tough spot. It's a really tough river to fish. You know, it's tough to traverse on land and get around to find the little spots. You, like you said before, you're looking on Google Earth and you're like, oh, I think I can park and hike and uh and then you get there and you're like oh no this is not doable like or like there's a there's like a 25 foot embankment like straight down like I, there's no way i'm going to be able to like get back up even if i do make it down there with my fishing rod you right. know so it's uh it's a tough river to fish you know it's uh but it just it's it's great you know you just got to find the spots and keep moving and uh you know you'll, you'll find them yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I, I'm going to toss it over to Qua after this one, but I, I just can't even imagine like ha having a multi, <coughs> let alone, I mean, you've seen like videos from, you know, Chris McEntee and guys like that who've done it a couple of times, had two and three fish days and you, you sit there and sit back and like, man, I wish I could have a day like that. And then you have a, a big four fish day like that with a couple other fish, you know, drop. That's just pretty incredible. I, I can't even imagine. Yes. Yes. Thank you. I mean, that, you know, that, that day in particular was, uh, was great because I was able to experience it along with a good buddy of mine. And, uh, you know, he's a great fisherman too, is, um, the, the, he's, I feel just as good, if not a better fisherman than I am. I mean, you look at his Instagram and you're like, Holy crap. Um, the, the guy can, can, can really catch him. Um, you know, so, but we, we all, we all have our, uh, you know, we all, we all have our moments of, of glory and our fish that, uh, our, our nice days where we catch a, catch a few, it just happened to be a day where, uh, the musky were really biting and, uh, it was, it was a great day and, and definitely, you know, it's, I have thought about getting a, a musky tattoo, uh, <laughs> just in honor of that particular day or, um, you know, in the, to honor the fish when hasn't happened yet, but maybe, maybe soon. Yeah, that other angler we're talking about is Vinny Venito. He's a he's a good he's a good buddy of ours. So check him out on Instagram too. But yeah, we're gonna toss it over to Qua now. Hop in there, Qua. Yeah, man. Uh, honestly, I've just been intrigued by muskies just this year. You know what I mean? Just what it, I don't know what it is about the fish. I mean, they, I know that you had a couple of fantastic days or even a whole season. But uh, I mean, can you confirm with me that as many good days you had, you've had just as many or more skunk days oh yeah absolutely yeah i would say m more for sure more skunk days um i mean you know it, like i was saying before it's it's tough it can it can be very um just mentally defeating you're out there it's freezing cold your guides are freezing you know your hands are freezing your your reel is has ice on it um, you know, you, you question your own sanity. You're like, what am I doing out here? I could be asleep in my warm bed. And here I am at sunrise, like freezing, like trying, and there's no, you're looking up and down the bank. There's no one else around. You're like, what am I doing out here? You, it, it can really, it really can be defeating, you know, but you, all that being said, you, you, the idea of just that one bite, you know, that, that one strike you, that you can get is just, it's, it's what gets you out of bed. It's what gets you out there. You're willing to put up with all those conditions. You're willing to put up with all that stuff just for that one little bite. And you're, and you're, you're just waiting there for it. You're, you're, you're thinking about every, you know, you're going over every, every little piece of gear. You have all the time in the world to think about everything because there's no, 
you know, there's no rush. It's not like uh, summertime, uh, you know, down the Jersey shore, you know, fishing where there's a million people around. This is like, you know, you're, you're out there alone and there's no one around. So you got plenty of time to think about everything. And, and uh, you know, you, you can get into your own head sometimes you're like, what am I doing out here? Um, but it's uh, it's great. There's just, it's, it's all about the pursuit. You know, you, you got to put the time in, you got to get out there. Um, and, uh, once you land one and you're like, holy crap, I did it. Like it's, it actually is like something that can be done. Then you're like, oh, well now I'm going to do this all the time. You know, it's, you just have to like get that first bite and, and have one really zip line on you and be like, whoa, this is like a, a big, powerful fish, you know? Um, now I grew up catching Northern Pike, um, going with my family, up to the thousand islands to the St. Lawrence river. So we, we fish, um, you know, the, the river for Northern Pike and, and bass and, you know, largemouth, smallmouth and everything up there. So every summer, um, for like a week or two, we'd be up there catching pike. So I'm, I'm used to catching those, uh, those slime darts, you know, those long skinny fish. Um, and when I finally, got into musky and realized they're right in my own backyard. I'm like, man, this is, this is, uh, I got to go after them. So, you know, um, like I don't, you know, I don't go every single day of winter, you know, it's not like I'm out there 24 seven all the time, but, uh, you know, I do, I do like to get out and, and, uh, spend some time out there doing it. So. Yeah. I can attest for that, uh, that frozen guy thing. Like sometimes I catch myself dead of winter waking up, getting in the waders, jumping in the creek, all driving two hours up north, jumping in the creek. Every five casts, I'm sitting there clearing my glide, my guides on my fly rod. Every five casts, it's like ice everywhere. It's thickening to my, t- I can't feel my toes. Some days I was like, why am I out here for like 15 inch fish, 18? But you know what it is? I, th- I think sometimes for guys like us, I mean, I'm, I'm not a river rat like you guys. The only thing I do at most is trout fish during winter, which is cold. But you know what it is? It's, it's the environment. It's like you out there. Like, I mean, most people are in their beds warm at like 6 a.m., 7 a.m. sun up, right? We're out there in the middle of the water. You know, sun's just popping up. The water's glistening. You can hear every little tick, every little bird in the tree. It's just surreal. You know what I mean? It's just you and Mother Nature. There's nobody else. There's no cars. None of that. Like, people don't understand how out relaxing it is just to sit there, even if you don't catch a fish. You could be casting and it's just, it just feels so quiet out there and it feels good and very relaxing. Yes. Yes. I can, uh, I, I definitely agree with you. And, and, uh, you know, that's, that's what it's about. It's that quiet, that calm, quiet, early morning, you know, you can nothing but the sound of the water. I and mean, that's, that's what it's all about. You know, um, there's, there's, a. Uh, there's a lot of really nice uh, nature rebounding along the Delaware River. Honestly, it's uh, we're ha- we have the eagle American bald eagle population is is uh, booming. Um, the osprey are starting to come back up the Delaware. You, you'll see them around, uh, and the river itself is is pretty healthy. Um, it's it's been uh, you know a few years that it's been kind of rebounding a little bit, but the Delaware is actually looking pretty good in our stretch. Nice. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm happy with it. You can, you can tell the, the fisher are happy because they're, the population is, is gone up. You know, there's, 
it's a lot of a lot of protections in place a lot of people to thank for that and uh you know so we're we have a, a nice fishery developing here it's 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 pretty nice so i know so i'm we hear you talking about ice on the guides and you know freezing fingers so i'm assuming typically winter would be the time like what time of year do you start typically beating the banks for like river muskies like honestly instead of just like well i'm going for walleye it's gonna be a bycatch like when do you tell yourself all right you know what breaking out the musky gear we're gonna hunt muskies specifically today well uh i mean i it's usually starting in november i mean it it's it's around this time i think uh last year it was um november 11th was uh my first muskie um I, i'm pretty sure it was around then and then from as soon as i you know catch one it's like all right well now i know what i'm doing you know i'm for freshwater i'm gonna start chasing the muskies um but yeah i'll go after the walleye too it's I'll bring both. I, you know, what I do is I bring uh, the both rods and I'll bring, uh, you know, both sizes with me and, and kind of use a uh, little, if, if there's, if there's the walleye aren't biting, I'll just kind of move on and, and hit a spot for muskie and kind of bounce around and really leave it open, open-ended, you know, it's, uh, you just kind of figure out as you go. Gotcha. I mean, for like you and Dan, you bank beater guys, um, you know, the access to the river on foot, um, it's super hard now like how do you plan a trip and uh, aim to tackle all these new stretches of water now do you fish I know you have your certain stretches that you love to fish but do you always make it a priority to kind of like maybe fish a new spot today and then come hit a couple older spots and then try a new spot today and then hit a couple older spots like how do you how do you come up with a game plan to kind of just like figure it out yeah, I mean that's that's kind of what I do. Um, I do I do like to research um, and you know look around at different spots. Um, I'll you know Google Maps is a great resource. You know you can kind of search around and take a look at stuff, and you know you can look at like the public boat launches, places where where you know that are are open to the public that everybody knows about. You know a lot of times you can go there and park for free, and then kind of roam around check out the area um you know check out some spots and uh you know the the access has gotten tighter over the years you know i'm like i said i'm from lambertville and uh you know you used to be able to just jump in the river wherever you wanted to and it the access has just caught gotten cut down over the years it's it's tougher and tougher there's more and more fencing (laughs) up there's more and more no parking signs and you know it they do it a lot of times for safety sake, you know, they want to make sure that uh, people are being safe, um, you know, and, and aren't, uh, you know, out, you know, just getting wild in the river. There's mm-hmm. summertime in the, uh, in, in the Delaware, we have tubers. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that come up and, and jump in tubes and ride down the river and party in a tube along the way, which is all good and fun. That's fine. Sure. Have fun. Uh, you know, but they a lot of times get uh, wasted and and end up throwing beer bottles around, making a mess. The oh, I got to go to the bathroom, and they just get out wherever, and they waltz up on people's properties, and you know, it's it's uh, people get upset and have shut down access in different spots, and you know, so it, there's a lot of uh, people that just come from out of the area 
And, uh, you know, they figure, oh, I'm not coming back here till next summer. I can just, you know, do whatever I want while I'm here. No one's looking, you know, and it's, it's, uh, it's unfortunate. So, you know, it's, it's a lot of the locals have, have turned to tactics of, you know, putting up the, the private property signs and, and cameras and the trees and, and, you know, staring out their windows with their arms crossed, uh, waiting for somebody just to walk by to, so that they can uh, get off my property. You know, I'm telling you, people are, <laughs> it's, it's crazy out there, you know, you did. It's true. So I, I always uh, just smile and wave and, and, uh, you know, if they come down, I go, Oh, you know, Hey, I'm local, you know, I'm carrying carry out. I'm, I'm, I'm only here to try to catch a fish and let it go. You know, that's, that's, that's all I'm here for. And if they still have a problem, then I just leave, you know, it's, you just smile as long as you are, you just smile and are nice to people and kind of move on. Then, you know, a lot of times they don't have a problem, but you know, if you're showing up there with a gang of people and you're bringing your cooler and you're making a fire on the river and you're setting up bait rods and you're, you know, then they're like, okay, hold on. What are you doing over here? You know, but if you're just passing by fishing one morning or whatever, they're most of the time, they don't really care. Hey, listen, listen up guys. If you're ever going to go into anyone's area or even new area, carry and carry out guys, whatever trash you bring. And if you, even if you didn't cause a trash, if you see something on the floor, just pick it up doesn't hurt nobody no all of us we carry an extra bag in our our book bags we see trash we'll throw it in and we'll just throw it on the way out you know just just you know i what i was i respect respect the land and the area and the locals you know i mean if everyone did that you know what there'll be more access for all of us so that's right i agree with that yes carry and carry out and quad and my my process you know as a as a bank angler i've literally spent days just driving the river i i won't even fish i'll i'll drive the river and i'll mark you know different access points i'll mark pins along the river where i see a stretch of water that looks good that i want to re- revisit and then uh the next day is a day where i go back to tackle those spots but uh, the way i've always done it is i i'll identify probably you know 12 to 15 access spots that i can get to legally um and reasonably safely and then I'll return another day when I can plan plan around those trips. That's how I that's how I tackle the river personally. Gotcha. Yeah, that's was, that's was what I was going to think about, and I was going to ask Pat next was um, um, when looking at the river from say Google Maps or even structurally, um, what are you looking for as you're just to say you're making a drive, little little scouting mission, you're driving down, and then you're just looking in the river. Like, what are what kind of structures are you looking for? not specific spots but just an idea of like what where do muskies sit like an idea of like where do they like to sit where they like to lay um you know just like how do you come up with the pin spots that you do that you say you know what this looks good i'm gonna pin this and i'm gonna come back next week i'm gonna check it out yeah so um you know a, a lot of times they like to sit near where uh you know a tributary will be emptying into the river, you know, they, they kind of sit in areas where smaller bait fish can get washed out uh, and then be, you know, kind of dazed as they gets pushed through the last part. Um, you know, there's, they like to kind of sit around um, those sort of areas, any sort of uh, area where the, the, you know, basically like what's called an eddy uh, mm-hmm. where fast moving water meets kind of still water. Yep. Um, you know, you have those areas where the, the fish that are coming out of the fast moving water are, 
are uh, desperate to find a place to to relax for a second. And then as soon as they do, there's, you know, a muskie waiting to eat them. Um, so <laughs> there, there's uh, spots like that where you're basically looking for any of those kind of spots, any uh, deeper <clears throat> holes, if you can, if you can manage to see any spots with a little more water, you know, somewhere where they can kind of sit uh, and, and be out of the, the, you know, the stream, they'd like to kind of be able to relax, um, you know, and sit off to the side. And, uh, you know, they're incredibly curious. Like I, I just, you know, having that in mind, you know, that you're, this is a fish that will follow you or that'll follow a lure that'll, that'll just kind of, it's just so hard to get them to actually commit that you're, you want to find an area that'll give you the, you know, that you can get a long cast in that you can get real far out there. You know, they give yourself the, um, the maximum amount of time, your bait, the maximum amount of water to cover in order to finally coerce a strike, you know, cause they, if you if you're getting shorter casts and little flips off of the bank here and there, um, you know you need to be able to cover water to bring one in. Um, that's that's kind of a tip that I guess I could look for water where you can you, know, you have it, it may look open sometimes too. You have trees that overhang on the bank. You know if you're going to throw you it looks good you know in theory, but then when you actually get there, there's no hole for you to cast through. You almost have to underhand it and. And uh, yeah, so just looking for clearer areas, clear spots on the banks, you know, holes in the river, a little uh, eddies, little tributaries that dump in, um, calm spots, something basically that sort of that sort of stuff. So I mean, coming from a saltwater background myself, it seems like the way you describe muskies is literally what you're describing also our apex predators, like stripers, um, like blue, no, mostly stripers. Um, Cause that's what I target mostly, most of my, most of my years. Um, so they do the same thing. They sit at the mouth of these feeder creeks, we call them. And at high tide, you know, bait rushes up in the creeks. That's where they hide because the, the predators can't get into the creeks. But as that creek gets pushed out, as the tide drops, baits gets rushed out. And guess who's sitting at the mouth of, of that creek waiting? They're just sitting in that real, I'm mean, so I'm assuming from the years of experience you've had with muskie that there are very super lazy fish. And that they'll sit in water, you know, and wait for bait to come to them and then get the opportunity to pounce on them. Yeah, you know, I, I, I wouldn't go so far as to call them lazy, but they're, they're smart. They're tactical. They sit yeah. where they, they know that they don't have to work much to, they, they let the kind of the food come to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, so that's, they're, you know they're they're related to the putt you know it's a pike and they're sort of like an ambush predator mm-hmm. you know they kind of wait and then they, they follow and grab and then turn back um but you know they they that follow a lot of times they they're just so, i can't tell you how many times i've had the fish follow straight to the bank and turn away you know you yeah. can see them and you're like oh you know <clears throat> and then they're gone you know it's they're just uh they're real smart they can see really well and uh you know so yeah they're, they're tough yeah so literally i just booked and i didn't book a trip i'm trying to figure it out now but i'm booking a trip in march to head down into uh virginia for a muskie blue ridge muskie i think you've probably seen his channel with sam scott so i'm headed down there in hopefully march or april and then we're going to be start targeting those um pretty much pre-spawn muskies so and then uh yeah but that's why i asked so many questions because i've watched so many of his videos where 
as you were, we were talking about the figure eight earlier, they get a follow all the way from the bank to the boat. Literally, they would nudge the lures and then just literally just turn. Like they're like, no, nah, I don't want it. Just turn. It's just crazy. Like like how smart they are that they'll do that. I mean, I mean, stripers do it. They do, they nudge it, but they'll tail slap it. They'll do all sorts of weird stuff before they even touch it. But muskies, they literally just. Like they'll 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 literally be straight line beam at it and then literally the very last second just turn. So I changed my mind. I don't want it. Yep. Yeah, that's that's them. They're uh heartbreakers, they're, uh, right? Heartbreakers. Yeah. You, you see yeah. them coming dark shadow just flying at you, Lord, and all of a sudden they just stop their brakes and just turn. I couldn't imagine the excitement that minute when your your adrenaline's pumped because you see him coming and then all of a sudden he just turns and your heart just goes shatter yeah it's a it's a pretty big letdown you know you're especially since like we were talking about it can be so defeating such a hard environment to fish in and then you finally have that follow and you're like there it is and then it just turns away and you're like no it just it's uh, it's very hard to deal with um but you know there once you get them that one hooked up and you you have uh that experience you're you're hooked after that so yeah um have you noticed any difference between like say water clarity for them or do they just feed when they feed or like certain overcast skies bluebird days you know does any of that take effect into musky or it's just they just feed when they feed yeah you know um i i have found that like a little bit of um a little bit of cloudy water they do like a, the water a little bit cloudy i have had a fair amount of strikes uh in cloudier water um they like to use that lateral line to feel that vibration through the water um and uh sense them in that way but um yeah it's a, the cloudier cloudier water not necessarily completely chocolate brown you know and uh full of debris or anything a lot of leaves and and stuff uh, that makes it real tough but you know when you have like clearer water uh, completely clear water it's almost like their eyesight is so good that you really got to fool them. Like it takes a extra amount of, you know, you, it's real tough to, to fool a muskie in clear water. You, you almost want that little bit of cloudiness to it so that it's, it's going more off of its sense, uh, the, the lateral line sense than like an actual visual, um, you know, so they have that, uh, right. If you ever look at a muskie right at their at their eyes, like sh if they're looking forward, they have little grooves right there mm -hmm. that act like sights that they're looking straight down like a like the barrel of a gun. Um, you know, they have those sights on them. And uh, so when they have something in front of them, they can really lock in on it. Um, but uh, when you know, so that when that water is a little cloudier, they depend a little more on the on the vibration. And uh, so, yeah, nice. That's, that's something new I'm learning. Hey, I, I'm pretty excited for this trip. So I'm just like, and the fact that I'm trying to do it one on conventional tackle and the second day I'm going to try to do it on a fly. So yeah, that's, that's pretty much my bucket list this year is I'm going to get a musky. I'm going to try to get a musky on conventional and I'm going to, I'm going to back it up with a, uh, a musky on a fly. So yeah, wow. fingers crossed, man. Fingers crossed. <laughs> I mean, Sam Scott's been doing well. He's a, he's a good guide, man. So I'm hoping he does that trick. Um, so, so let's just say we, I wanted to start beating the banks with you guys. Like what, what kind of river musky setup, you know, would be ideally for just a beginner to start. 
Okay. So, you know, I, I like to use like around a seven foot or a seven, seven and a half footer, something you can actually, you know, cast a, a lure quite a ways. Um, you want to make sure that the rod can handle a, a good amount of weight, you know, up to maybe two, three ounces. If you're throwing some of those bigger, heavier, you know, uh, like the largest size X wrap or those big SP minnows and stuff, those can be heavy, you know, so you got to make sure that your rod can handle it. I, I only use like, I think like 20, I think it's 20 pound, uh, braid. Um, I, I do like to use, um, steel leaders. Mm -hmm. uh that's that's like a uh almost like a must unless you're using like 50 pound fluoro or or and even then some of the larger musky will bite through that um so i would recommend steel leader um i would recommend a little bit of shock leader in between the steel leader and the braid to just to give a little bit of give on the fish because when you set that hook it can be so brutal without any you know because the there's no there's no stretch in the braid and there's no stretch in uh in steel leaders so when you set that hook it can be real brutal on a fish so you know a little bit of shock leader a little bit of something in between to kind of ease that that set um you know and uh you know you, you just want to have uh basically you know a, a steel leader because those those teeth will bite right through any 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 sort of other mono fluoro or anything else otherwise mm -hmm. um but as far as lures and stuff i mean i like larger swim baits just uh you know any any brand you know, i'm not going to name off brands and stuff you guys know everybody knows but you know larger swim baits um you know jerk baits uh slash baits any of the suspending stuff you know anything that you can kind of twitch along um i mean i like to use uh you know, I've been using like a chatter bait recently. Um, that's been fun. And, uh, you know, there's some guys use those big bucktails with the, you know, the double blades on them and stuff. And those, those are effective and they do work well. Um, I, I don't really use them a ton. Um, a lot of guys like to use the glide baits, you know, those are very popular now, the glide baits. Um, they really like those or like the bulldogs or the, you know, the Medusas. Medusas and stuff, yeah. yeah. But yeah, uh, don't do you feel like throwing those big like bulldogs and medusas are for a whole day like for you for like seven eight nine hours of fishing like that would definitely wear you out wouldn't it oh yeah absolutely i mean it wears you out quick you it it really is tough you know you're throwing your larger rods and stuff and larger setups to be able to even throw those things as well so um yeah that wears you out you know and and then uh you're, you, you got to stay focused too. And it's, you're waiting for that one bite, you know, and it can, you can lull you to sleep when you're, you're throwing these, you're getting worn out. And then you, before you know it, you're not fully paying attention. You're not doing your figure eights right. And you're not cranking the thing in correctly. You're not putting the right action on it, you know, and then you're just wasting your time at that point. So, you know, you, you definitely want to uh, have a nice little balance where you throw the bigger stuff, you work the larger stuff, and then you kind of switch it up and, and uh you know try different things all right so um the earlier you said talking about like a seven foot rod now are we talking in a heavier side maybe like a medium heavy or you're talking about like an extra heavy or just a heavy because we know that you know the Delaware river we've got this boulders rocks timber trees you know there's everything down there and you're talking about a 40 40 plus inch musky i mean they're not they're not they're not weak fish they they, they will they will they will put a whooping on you so i mean like what like literally like 
what real size are we looking at? Because my my whole life, I fish most of my days is like a twenty five hundred, like a three thousand. You know what I mean? Right. So yeah, I mean that. So the seven foot rod and seven and a half. That's I, that's more of a reference to bank fishing. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe like around a four thousand series. I use. I think I use a thirty five hundred. Um, and, uh, you know, if you, if you have that braid on there and the, and the, uh, wire, wire leader, you can tighten your, your drag down, uh, a good amount, but you know, um, a lot of those, a lot of these guys, these professional musky fishermen, it's all about having the, the big, the biggest, heaviest rod with the heaviest line and you, they crank their drag down as tight as possible. And then when they hook these fish, they, they pull them right to the boat and net them and get them in the net. Hmm. so that they calm down as quickly as possible it, it's it puts the least amount of stress on the fish right overall it's the best way to do it is to you know is to do it that way um you know but when you're bank fishing it is not it's not really no. possible you can't do that you know you it, it, you don't carry a net with you. you you're 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 walking around you know planning on landing a muskie by hand in the in the mud and the and the rocks and everything it's it's a risky proposition. You know, you, you have to be ready and, and ready to react. Um, you know, so I usually use around a seven or seven and a half foot or something like that around 3,500 real series and just try to play the fish out a little bit. Something that my dad has always drilled into my head was don't horse it. Like he would always yell as soon as you hook a fish, any, whatever it was, don't horse it. Don't over, you know, don't crank it in too quickly. Like, you know, we always want to play the fish out, but not to the point where you're exhausting it. Obviously, you never want to do that, but you want to take a little bit out of the fish so that it's not completely green when you get it onto the bank. Because mm-hmm. then you're you're to deal with like a forty plus inch fish that has all of its energy in it and razor teeth. Not to mention, oh yeah, <laughs> and those teeth are no joke. You know, so you got to be uh, you got to have a nice little balance to 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 land the fish and do it safely and everything. So. One thing I want to jump in real quick is Mm -hmm. um, we were talking about like traversing different areas and looking for different areas of water uh, to fish. You know, some of the best areas of water may not be the best area to safely land the fish. That's also something that needs to be highlighted. Like there'll be, there'll be places where I look, I think looks like amazing water, but I won't fish it because I don't see an Avenue where I can safely land reasonably safely land the fish. Even if I think there's a fish there, I'm not going to put undue stress on a fish because I'm trying to get a hero shot, you know, climbing down a wall. I've seen it happen. It doesn't work, you know, and, and then you put the stress, uh, the, the, the undue stress on a fish. You know, one of the, I, you should always look for an avenue to land a fish wherever you're, fi- wherever you're fishing, you know, and especially these fish where, like, like Pat said, you know, they, you could potentially, it's, it's a finesse game from the bank, you know, where we have to do it more finesse. So you know, it should always be with the safety of the fish in mind, because you're already going to be working the fish over to get it into, into land. The last thing you want to be doing is beating it over rocks, trying to get the last, you know, 10 yards in. That's not the way to do it. So. That's right. Yes. I agree with that. Always have a plan. You know, you don't want to just, just uh, be throwing it out there and, and saying, Oh, if I happen to get lucky, then, you know, I'll figure it out at that point. You know, you always got to have a plan. Um, when you don't have a plan, that's when you get into trouble or the fish gets hurt. You know, you just don't want to, you don't want to do that. I'm, I fish, uh, the, uh, jetties down the shore a lot. I'm a big jetty fisherman and you have to have a plan at all times Mm -hmm. when you're out on that jetty, you need to be hyper aware, have your head on a swivel and understand that 
every fish that you catch is is running the risk of falling down in the rocks coming unhooked and losing its life so you need to get that fish to yourself unhooked and back into the water as quickly and as hard you know without causing harm to it it's, it can be pretty difficult sometimes so you yeah. you know you got to look around and you can't swing every fish that you catch also that's the other thing to think about is you're not going to be able to just pull it right up to yourself if it's a larger fish so you need to look at the the rocks in front of you and have a plan to climb down and grab the fish yeah. and do it safely without you know the fish getting hurt or your or yourself um so yeah you always got to have that plan you know especially with those bigger fish and uh you know that way the, the fish don't uh pay the price in the end gotcha yeah that's, i was going to mention it but you already mentioned ahead uh first most priorities is just keep an eye on make sure respect the fish and their safety and secondly your safety you know you're out there in the middle of nowhere you know you're fishing by yourself no someone might know you're out there but they don't know where you're at you know what i mean like one bad slip one bad fall guess what you're going into sink and then you know the, the way the river is she's not always good to you you know what i mean you can never underestimate the river or water it's just the way it is it's, you have to respect it so yeah absolutely i i could not agree more the uh the delaware river is uh underestimated a lot of times especially by people who are not locals they don't see it and aren't here and reading the news in the summertime when people keep having to either get saved or losing their lives in uh in almost like every weekend um you know it's 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 a tough river i mean it's it can be deceiving you know it can the it tightens up and and widens out in different spots the current changes um the river itself changes it the you know the actual pockets that can be you know oh it was calm here and then a couple of storms later it is no longer a spot that you can get into or cross you know it's it can be uh very deceiving i i have lost friends in that river like people i know and that have gone that have gone to school with um good friends of mine have lost their lives in that river by underestimating it um and uh you know i would just say if you're planning on a day and you're going out there you know always have that that plan that backup plan reach out to your loved ones tell them where you're going i'm here's where i'm going here's what i'm doing you know if you're going to be on a on a kayak have your life jacket um wear your pfds if you guys if you're going to be on your if you're going to be on a boat bring the life jacket with you. Don't be a tough guy. Uh, bring the life jacket with you. You don't have to wear it, but if the boat goes down, have that thing accessible so you don't lose your life. Um, you know, so just take care of one another out there on the river. It can be tough. So. All right. Here's the question I've been wondering since, you know, you've been doing this for quite a while. What's your personal best? Personal best musky. PB musky. Um, yeah. So far, uh, my PB muskie, it was 44 inches. Um, and I did not put it on the boga. Mm -hmm. I, I don't like to weigh muskies on a boga. No. I don't really I don't think, think any of us do. <laughs> it's not the correct way to, to, to hold the fish or to weigh it. You really should have one of those uh, carp cradles mm -hmm. or a cradle and weigh them with a digital scale. If you're looking to, uh, you know, to weigh one, um, I would estimate mine to be, I don't even know, in the 20 pound range. I mean, it was so fat. Like it was, 
it was definitely the fattest muskie I had caught in and also the longest. I mean, it was just, it was unbelievable. Um, did catch it by myself. No one was there to witness it. Um, but I did have my GoPro and, uh, took some nice photos on my phone. Um, yeah, it was 44 inches. Now that's my PB right now. A good friend of mine, our, our friend Vinny, he caught a 47 right in front of me. Um, I took his photos and, uh, and was completely jealous, but that was on, on that crazy day where we, we were both just hooking fish left and right. And, um, you know, so he, he is, uh, I think he's actually broken that his, his personal best sense. Um, and, uh, you know, there, there are bigger ones in there. I've talked to guys that have caught in 50 plus inches, uh, in the river there, they are around, um, my, my wife has told me that if I break the 50 inch mark with a muskie, that we will be getting a replica made for the wall. Nice. Um, that, uh, that is going to happen at some point. Um, it has to, has to be above 50 inches though. So. Gotcha. So before I ask the next one, I have one question. Have you ever tried targeted muskie anywhere else besides the Delaware river? you besides your backyard. Yes. Yes, I have. Um, there's, there's a couple of, uh, a couple of different spots. There's, uh, there's spots yeah. locally to us. I won't yeah. say where. Okay. No. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's, that was my, my, my thing. I was going to say, we don't want the name. No, I'm, I'm across the way, like shushing him because no, we don't want the name specific some of these tributaries <laughs> or ponds or lakes. But that's my question was, have you ever targeted him in somewhere other than the Delaware? Yes, okay. yes I have. Yes. Um, okay. There, there are uh, some spots you can go. Yeah. I've targeted them in uh, some other spots and, um, up in the thousand islands, the St. Lawrence river up there. That's, I mean, that's a huge body of water. It's, mm-hmm. it's enormous. It's where Lake Ontario turns into the St. Lawrence river. It's there's literally like a thousand islands. It's unbelievable. The river's so wide. There's no current like at all until it really crunches down. And then there's like a ton of current, but like, it, it's like basically like a giant lake up there. It's all fresh water. Beautiful. There are the Northern Pike, there are musky. Um, there I've caught a, a couple of smaller juvenile muskie over the years up there. Like our family has caught a couple, but no one's really caught like a real big muskie up there yet. Now I've been to the muskie museum up there um, and seen the, the world record, like a replica of the world record muskie. Um, and it's just unbelievable stuff. Uh, that body of water is, is beautiful. Um, but most of the time when we're up there, we're not targeting muskie and we're throwing for pikes. So we're, you know, we're throwing uh, crankbaits and, and spoons and, and uh, you know, spinners and stuff, uh, smaller stuff. And uh, but those bigger muskie are in there and, you know, we we could be targeting them, but we're not, uh, you know, so but they are they're around. I've targeted them in other spots and uh, most of uh, my luck has been has been in uh, up and down the Delaware. Really, you just got to move around and keep keep finding spots, keep keep moving. Um, don't get discouraged. You know, it can be, it can be so defeating. It really can. Um, but just don't give up, don't give up hope. Just remember your one day you'll get that, that last, that last cast and then bam, you get the bite and then you're, it's, it's just so great. So, yeah. So don't give up at 10,000. All right. Make sure you make that 10,000 one cast. Just saying. <laughs> That's right. One uh, thing I would highlight is that, that muskies kind of stay close to home. So if you see one, um, if you've done any research about muskies, they, they spend a lot of time in specific areas, you know, for months at a time. 
So if you see one roll, don't yeah. hesitate to come back a couple weeks later yeah. and check that spot out. Like yeah. I, I've done it. I, I've, yeah, I, they, they don't go away. They, they stick to the same stretch of water yeah. for months at a time. Yeah. So. They're very territorial. I've, I've read that myself. It's like, if you catch one in one spot, nine times out of 10, he'll still be there two months later. They don't travel very far once they find their feeding zones. So, but um, besides that, any cool or crazy future trips you got planned coming up? Well, uh, not, not in the uh, near future. Um, I'm always looking to try new spots. I mean, that's, I, I love uh, expanding my horizons, trying different, uh, different bodies of water and uh, doing, doing a little research and uh, trying different spots, you know, um, I'm, I may start trying to try to find different uh, spots to catch muskie. Uh, I've, I've been uh, starting to look over uh, different, different charts and uh, different areas and just starting to get the idea of maybe at some point um, trying some new spots. I know Pennsylvania has, has some good muskie waters. Um, they have a, uh, believe you can buy like a uh, muskie license through the state of Pennsylvania that uh, the money from that goes back to their program to, to be stocking them. Mm -hmm. um, so I highly recommend doing that. Anybody that's a New Jersey or PA angler buy that uh, muskie license to give money to that program. Uh, you know, if you'd like catching them, you should be, you should be giving back to that. So, um, you know, so, but yeah, I have, no real big plans uh, as of right now. Um, still trying to look some things over, and uh, we'll, we'll see. Sounds good. So uh, this is usually where we start wrapping it up. Um, if you have any, you know, social media feeds that you'd like to share for people to follow, see your to, to follow you and know, pace your journeys and stuff like that, and see some incredible fishing photos, um, go ahead. It's your time to shine and plug it here. <laughs> Uh, thank you so much. Yes. Uh, you know, if you want to follow me on Instagram, my uh, handle is at Pat versus fish, Pat VS fish. Um, you can follow me on there. And, uh, you know, I don't really have a ton of other uh, like a YouTube channel or anything like that yet. Um, maybe in the in the near future. But as of right now, you can just jump on Instagram and catch my photos on there and feel free to message me. I'm I'm always happy to get together with new people and go fishing and and expand the community here. We got a lot of, a lot of good guys, a lot of, I know the listeners on this, uh, of this podcast, there's a lot of good people that are out there listening. So if you're, if you're interested in fishing, hit me up. Let's, let's go fishing. Oh, well, I'm definitely interested, even though I suck at walleye fishing, Dan can attest for this. So it was I, one try. It was one try. It takes more than one try. If I went out, if I just focused on my one try, I probably wouldn't go back to it either. But yeah, definitely looking forward, man. If I get we get an opportunity, let's get out there and fish, man. Definitely. Absolutely. Um, yep. Well, it was nice. Definitely done nice meeting you, Pat. Um, I'm gonna pass it off to Dan real quick to finish up if he has anything else he has to say. Yeah, yeah, Pat, man. It was an absolute pleasure having you on. I've fished with you multiple times. You're a good buddy of mine, and we have uh plenty of future plans ahead. So I can't wait to uh tackle some of these musky waters with you. But thanks again, thanks so much for joining us. And, you know, Pat's uh, you know. He's a very humble guy. He, he doesn't plug anything because he just silently he's, he's a silent assassin. He mm -hmm. goes about his ways and crushes. And and then uh, we all have to have FOMO being friends with him. So <laughs> you're like, hey, here's what I did. I caught four muskies today. I'm like, Jesus, I'm sitting over here. Can't even do anything. 
And my guys over here sending me musky after musky picture. I'm like, that's not the, that's the same fish. No, no, I just caught this one 20 minutes later. Uh, and then a half hour later, oh, here's another fish. Like, come on, man. This, this guy's got it figured out. He's a good follow. Um, and yeah, I, I plan to be fishing with him a lot in the future just because we have those plans in place. We're good friends. But, but yeah, follow Pat. He is always willing to answer questions. And Pat, thanks again, man. We really appreciate you joining us, brother. You're welcome. Thanks, Claude. Thanks, Dan. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah man. We're going to stay on for a few minutes to wrap up. So thanks again for joining us. And uh, I'll be seeing you soon, brother. All right. All right. Have a good night, man. wild man isn't that crazy like six fish with multiple other fish dropped in one day and the crazy part is as the spot where those fish came and and vinny's big fish that we talked about mm -hmm. i fish that spot all the time i've never caught a fish there so that's just a perfect example of Insane. you never know what you're going to run into like i have literally fished that spot for muskies for walleye and i've never had a follow nothing there and you know, I, he sent me the picture. I'm like, I know exactly where you're fishing. Cause I fish there all the time, but yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. You know, it's, it's just one of those things you don't know till you go. And while fish, while muskie are pretty territorial, they may not be in that 10 yard stretch of no, water you're fishing. Not. So it's definitely always not. crucial to bounce around. But again, I can't stress enough. You know, a lot of these places we're fishing on, on foot. There's not a, 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 a perfect Avenue to be able to land these fish. And I think that's just as important as, you know, the, the target and having the right gear and making sure you're not stressing the fish is making sure you have a plan to safely land the fish where you're not destroying its slime coat and everything else, you know, where you can just ease it back into the water and, and do its thing. You know, that's, that's the key is these fish are, are, are a, are a gem really. And, you know, they're, they're, you know, we talk about unicorns on here. They're not easy fish to catch. That's why they're called the fish of 10,000 casts. And if you have a, the opportunity to tangle with one, you sure as hell better be prepared to properly take care of it. That's just the, that's just the the message I want to send right there. Yeah, sure. I'm not even sure if I'm ready to get hooked on these things. I might get obsessed with them. I get obsessed with all sorts of crazy fishes that I can't catch. And I mean, when you when you could go and have like thirty plus fish in a couple of years, I can see why you're always looking for the next best thing. You, you feel like you got that figured out when not a lot of people can say they have that that fishery figured out. Yeah, but as soon as I pat no got finally. He finally nailed it and got it. So he's got him pretty dialed in. So that's yeah, I, I think uh, I think we will see that 50 inch fish out of him at some point. Oh, 100 percent He's getting that mount, I guarantee you, within the next 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 year or two. It's gotta and, happen. And what Pat didn't mention is he also has a John boat that he just got recently, and he's gonna be tackling some new waters. So very nice. Be, be prepared to see some some special fish in the future out of Pat. He's he's just getting started. All right, man. Let you where you wrap it up, Dan. Yeah, ma'am. As always, we we greatly appreciate everybody that tunes in, everybody that shares, you know, messages with us and, you know, gives us that positive feedback. It's what why we do what we do. You know, we're not doing this to to make money. We're not doing this to get rich or any, anything else. It's really just about connections. You know, we've we've all we've already gained plenty of great friends out of this and more more so than we could have ever imagined. You know, and it's just about connecting you, the listener, with other people that are like minded like us, you know. We have a lot of friends, a lot of contacts, but it's really about the guys that we get on here and, you know, welcome them into our world and, and then they welcome us into their world, you know, and, and everybody's different. We all have different ways of what we do and the things that we love. And it's just a, it's just pretty impressive to see somebody like Pat who has a, a pretty impressive fishery figured out and he does it, so, does so quietly, you know, he just moves on with his life and you know, it's not about like 
internet stardom or the hero the next, shots you know, or hero shot. it's just about you know the passion he loves and he just wants to share a couple of pictures here and there and you know share the passion so that's what it's all about yeah man definitely a great episode man absolutely and guess what man we're just looking for more people like that you know it doesn't have to be somebody that's you know that we all have heard about or anything like that it's just we're, we're connecting anglers with other anglers and other guides charter captains you know um photographers you know rod builders bait makers there's a lot of people in this world that we haven't even had a chance to talk to that we're going to bring on to the show at some point so yeah definitely Thank so, you Dan, so much Dan's for- talking about you guys out there now if you're a rod <laughs> builder you. any of you guys have any kind of specialty or just likes talking fish just reach out to us man we're always you know we're always good to bring someone on we love to talk about fish no matter what it is you know but uh so once again ladies and gentlemen if you haven't already done so Check us out on Tide Chasers on Facebook, on Instagram, where at Tide underscore Chasers, and also with our newest platform, uh, Waypoint TV. Definitely check us out on that. Um, it's a total cool platform. You can see so many podcasts, so many videos. It has everything to do about hunting, fishing, outdoors. Check that out. Um, besides that, me and Dan's going to be calling it a wrap, and good night, guys. Thanks again. Tight lines, everybody. We really appreciate every each and every one of you. Yep. Have a good night, everyone. Tight lines. Thank you.